Good morning, good morning, good morning. God bless you. God bless you. It's good to be in service. We welcome everybody, no matter where you are, we welcome you to the service of the Lord, the experience of our great and awesome God. It's good to just worship him. It's good to spend some time with our hands open, our arms wide, and just letting the Father embrace us and touch us. And I pray that where you are, you're feeling his presence right now because he is with us. Again, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to continue to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in, uh, ready to continue this experience with God. Uh, we just want to continue to admonish you to stay hopeful, to stay prayerful, continue to pray for our nation, continue to pray for our government, continue to pray for the body of Christ and, and people at this time. Um, we know that many are still going through uh, small businesses and, and people who, who, who need to get out and get employed and do different things. We know it's a struggle, but we just encourage you to, to do whatever you can. Um, it's go for that small business loan or whatever is available to us. Do whatever you possibly can. But always remember that after you've done all you can, you have to stand in faith and trust God to bring you through. We're going to get through this. Our heart's desire is that nobody would suffer loss. And so we just want to continue to be in faith, move in faith uh, as a body of Christ. We're his people. He loves us. He cares for us. Uh, and he will take care of his own. So be encouraged. I just want to speak to somebody today. Be encouraged. God is going to bring you through to the glory of God. I'm just so excited about what God is doing in 2020. It's been a different 2020 than what we might have thought, but he's doing wonderful things. Uh, we are still a church on assignment. We are still a church on assignment, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation, a generation of people, young people, teenagers, middle-aged people, people who just need to hear about Jesus and to experience the kingdom of God. We got to walk with God, number one. We can't experience something that we don't walk with God. Number two, that we've got to love and serve people. Uh, and number three, that we got to spread this gospel. And I just want to take uh, a second just to remind us of what we're after. You know, I have a vision in my mind where we have this beautiful edifice, this beautiful church. And if people come to the door on the outside and don't come in, it's not effective. It hasn't done what we need to do. But if people come through the door, and we understand that the door is Jesus Christ. The door to the kingdom is Christ. You cannot experience the kingdom of, of God without going through Jesus Christ. But you don't want people to just to come to the door. It's like if people were to come into the rotunda of this great edifice and just stand at the door. We want to uh, usher in a generation to experience the kingdom. We want them to come in. We want them to come into the sanctuary where they can experience what baptism is like. So they, they can actually experience what praise and worship is like. You, don't, you can't talk about it unless you've experienced it. Watching it on TV is not the same thing as experiencing what true worship is within the kingdom of God. To see the spirit of God moving in a sanctuary with hands lifted up and voices raised is something that you have to experience. To experience the power of the Holy Spirit in a service, touching lives and changing hearts, to experience the, the power of the Holy Ghost resting on your life, in your house, as you leave your house, that is something that you have to 
experience. But not just stay here in the sanctuary, but move over into a classroom, our education wing, and, and learn about the goodness of our God. If you've been reading with us in our Know to Grow, we've read this week that Jesus not only died, but he rose again from the dead. And his rising is what is the evidence that he's broken the power and he's broken the penalty of sin. So we're not dead men that's walking, but we're walking and we have life eternally because of what Jesus did. And when I know that, when I experience that, it impacts my life in a totally different way. When I can experience what God says about family, when I can experience what God says about money, it's life transforming. That's the kingdom of God on this earth. But don't just stop there, but then you go into the administrative part of it where we know that there are gifts and everybody's got to realize that you are a gift. You have a talent. You have something to give to the body of Christ to build up the body of our young people need to understand that that you're not hopeless you're not helpless but that you are a gift to the body of Christ and you can sing and, and you can usher and you can serve in different capacities to build up the body and not just within the body when we go outside of these doors homes are transformed and communities are transformed because we serve and so this is the vision where we're going for we want to see transformation through the experience of the kingdom of God and so I'm excited about that. And, and, and part of this is service. And so we're going to continue uh, the message today. We started last week with the series, I Serve. I Serve. And last week we talked about the pathway to greatness. And so if you haven't heard that, go back and take a listen. It, it'll bless your life, I promise you. But we're going to continue the, the second part of this series of I Serve. And it's love you the right way. I Serve. Love you the right way. Let's get into our text for the day. If you grab your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you have, we want to go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 10. And we're going to begin at verse number 38. And scripture says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her, help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Amen to his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us even now in this moment. God, it's our heart's desire to serve, so teach us, instruct us right where we are, that we may serve you in excellence and serve people in excellence as you've ordained. And we bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I serve. Tell yourself, I serve. Love you the right way. Many years ago, I bought my beautiful wife an ankle bracelet or anklet. You know, I, I like them. I think they're cool. And I bought her one. I spent good money on one. I didn't tell her how much I spent, but I spent good money on one. And I gave it to her, and I looked at her face, and she did not seem overly joyed, but she was politely joyed, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and to this day, she has not worn that anklet. <laughs> 
to this day, I don't even know where the thing is. And I needed money at one time. We needed some money in our, in our family. I was like, well, sweetie, we could take that back too and change the gold out and get whatever. And we couldn't even find it. All that money I spent. <laughs> now, I love my wife. She never wore it. Fast forward a few years, I bought my wife uh, a, a gift certificate to a spa. I put good money on that gift certificate to that spa. And to this day, she still has not gone to the spa <laughs> to redeem that gift certificate. I love my wife. I want my wife to know that I love her and I care about her. And I'm spending good money trying to help her to understand that I love her. But I didn't realize, it took me a while to realize that even though that's what I wanted to do for her, that's not what she wanted me to do. What she really wanted me to do was spend more time with her. So I could have kept my money in my pocket and just spent more time with her, and she would have been happy as, as, as you could be. But I wanted to love, and I was frustrated because I'm looking. I'm spending all this money, and she's not happy, and I want to take our, our marriage to the next level, but I seem like I'm frustrated. And I know if many of us, we feel like that. We love, but we're, we're frustrated. We want to be able to serve, but we're frustrated. But we got to realize that we have to learn how to love people the right way. I want to start with some foundational things that's important for us, and this is how I'm going to end this series with this topic, but I need to bring it out now because it matters. It's this. Servants are sent. Servants are sent. You say, Pastor Tony, what are you talking about? Well, let's go back to Exodus when you, in chapter 3 where God called Moses, and Moses was a man uh, who was just seemed to minding his own business, and God called him, and he, he told Moses, listen, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, see, because I've heard uh, my people, they're, they're, they're being abused, they're being uh, oppressed by Pharaoh, and I'm going to send you. He said, send you. Moses didn't go on his own. He was sent there to Pharaoh and to the children of Israel. But Moses said, yeah, God, I hear you, but when I go to, to your people and I say, I've come and, and your father, the God of your fathers has sent me, they're going to say, what's his name? In other words, be specific about who you're talking about. What is his name? He just told him to say, I am that I am has sent you. The key thing we got to understand that Moses was sent. If you even look at David, when David killed Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David was there because he was sent there. His father sent him there. He wasn't sent necessarily to fight. He was sent to look after his brothers. But when he was sent, it gave him the opportunity to defeat the enemy. He was sent. And even when we look at Luke chapter 17, you look to verse number one, it says that Jesus was sending out apostles or sending out disciples two by two for the work of the ministry. They were sent. And I love what Jesus says about himself in John chapter 17, verse number three. He says this, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we got to understand that servants are sent. Jesus did not come on his own. It wasn't his idea, but he was sent of the Father. Even the Holy Spirit, as he's here to help us, he's our paraclete. He, he serves us even now. He was sent. That's why Jesus said in, in John chapter 16, he said, it's expedient that I go because if I go, then I will send the helper. See, the, everything help, the servants are sent. Why is that important? We got to continue this foundation. We must serve in the spirit of the one who sent us. So we got to understand that we don't serve in our own spirit, but we've got to serve in the spirit of the one who sent us. Point three here is we serve to connect people to the one who sent us. See, I serve because I want the person that I'm serving to, to connect with the one that sent me. 
See, that, 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 that's major there. See, I serve because I want the person I'm serving to connect with the one that sent me. So we've got to evaluate some things. Sometimes in our life, we've got to evaluate the friends that we have in our lives. Are these friends, were you sent to those friends? And were those friends sent to you? Sometimes relationships aren't working because you all weren't sent. And because you're not sent, you're not serving well. And so you got to realize, was this person sent to me? Our spouses, we got to understand that I was sent to my wife. I got I to look at it that way because God sent me to her. And so it's not just about me, but I need to serve her in a way that she connects with the one who sent me. So I've got to come in the right spirit, see, because I was sent to her and she was sent to me. Servants are sent. This is major for us because it changes some perspective. And we got to serve in the spirit of the one who sent us. And the spirit of the one who sent us is love. Somebody shout love. The spirit of God is love. Luke chapter 17 verse 27 says this. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So there was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how could I have eternal life? And he says, well, you tell me your interpretation of scripture. And this is what he says. And Jesus says to him, yes, you are right. If you do these things and love God and love your neighbor, you shall live. That teaches us something that if you want to live, you have to love. If you want to live, you have to love. Second thing, 1 John 4, 7 and 8 Many of us have heard this before. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If he does not love, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So we see here that love is the nature of God. That's the spirit of God. It's the nature of God. Knowledge of God is not demonstrated in how many scriptures you can quote. Okay, you can quote all the scriptures you want and not have a clue to who God is. The knowledge of God is not shown in biblical quotes, but it's shown in the loving service that we provide to others. Last point to, 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 out of scripture to help us to understand this is Galatians chapter 5. And I love this deeply. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13, and look at part B. He says this. He says, through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. In verse 14, he goes on to reiterate to love your neighbor as yourself. But watch verse number 15, he says this. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. <laughs> see, ask yourself, what happened to your last relationship? See, see, what actually happened to your last relationship? See, I'll help you. You ate it. That's what happened to your last relationship. Instead of loving each other and serving through love, you were biting each other, and then you ate each other up. You said to yourself, I have nothing else to give. Of course you don't have anything else to give because you got ate up. You sit there and bit each other, chewed each other up, and that's what happened to it. The relationship is gone because you ate it. You consumed it. And it's not just your wallet that's hurting. Your stomach is now hurting because you got that person still digesting through you. So you're sitting on the stool looking in the toilet there that person is because they're still being digested through you because you ate them up are you hearing what I'm saying that's what happens to many of us and many of us get into relationships too soon with somebody who's still eating up somebody else and they're processing them and you wonder why stuff stinks it stinks because they're passing gas because they still got indigested issues going for the person that they just ate up 
What happened to your relationship? You ate it up. You consumed each other. What happened to your last job situation? You ate it up. You were biting, fighting, going back and forth on the top. That it's disappeared because you ate it up. Instead of loving each other and serving through love, we start biting and start devouring each other, and now it's gone. He's helping us here. <laughs> we got to have the spirit of love, the spirit of of God, because if you don't have love, which is doing what's in the best interest of another, love is doing what's in the best interest of another. If you don't have that, you won't be able to serve. You won't be able to get down and get dirty to do the work of serving because you don't have love. Instead, you'll bite and devour each other out of flesh, and then what you had and what you desired is now gone. <laughs> but there's good news for us today as we get into our text and I love this uh, passage of scripture because it's so deep. Jesus loved Mary, Jesus loved Martha, and Jesus loved Nazareth. Lazarus, we got to understand, Lazarus was raised from the dead. The Bible teaches us that Jesus loved them, and he loved them deeply. But the reverse was also true. Martha loved her some Jesus. Mary loved her some Jesus. Lazarus loved Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus was getting ready to come into town. He was getting ready to come into Bethany, the village where they lived. And so Martha, who owned the house, see, Martha was a widow, uh, and it was her house, and her younger sister Mary lived with her along with their, their brother Lazarus. And so it was her house, and Jesus and his disciples were passing through. It's like some, one of your relatives or, or good friends is coming to your house from out of town. And so Jesus was coming with the disciples to her house. And so they realized that they had to serve. They realized that they had to make preparation for Jesus, and they loved Jesus, remember? Remember, they love him. It's not a question about whether they love him. They love Jesus dearly. And the Bible says that they were were making preparation for Jesus. But it goes on to tell us that Mary, the younger sister, she was sitting at Jesus's feet. So, so you've got all this preparation that you have to make, and all of a sudden, here's Mary at Jesus's feet. She's sitting there at Jesus's feet. See, and, and we got to understand and from Scripture that women weren't allowed to sit at Jesus's feet or to sit at, at, a, at a, a teacher's feet. Only men were allowed to do that. And this is groundbreaking, see, because the tradition said that only men were allowed to be disciples of the true teacher. Sitting at someone's feet simply represents that they're your teacher or they're, they're, they're the master and you're under their discipleship. Women weren't allowed to do that. But I had good news that Jesus allowed this woman, Mary, we see it multiple times in Scripture, past tradition and past what limitations that other people put on her, allowed her to be at his feet and to learn of him. I got encouragement for somebody today that you can get to Jesus's feet. There's nobody that can stop you from getting to Jesus's feet. People may have said you weren't born in the right zip code or, or you don't have the right kind of look or you haven't been in church long enough or whatever excuse they have to keep you away from Jesus. I bind that devil right now in Jesus name. I declare to you that you have the right, you have the ability and that Jesus wants you at his feet. The door is open for you to come and sit at his feet. And we got to understand it even in this day. And I, we, we got to have it. Young people, you got to understand that people are necessary in life. But Mary wasn't sitting there going after John's feet. And, and Mary wasn't trying to get at Peter's feet. And Mary wasn't trying to get at anybody other disciples' feet. She was only getting at Jesus' feet. You got to look at the feet you're at and say, am I at the right feet? <laughs> Some of us, we ain't getting nowhere because we're at the wrong people's feet. We're, we're listening to this person's feet and, and this person's feet. But their feet stink. They ain't got the truth that 
that we really need. We need to get at Jesus' feet. I know I'm the pastor, and, I, and you need to pay attention to what God is doing through me, but don't come to my feet. You need to get to Jesus' feet. I'm not here to serve you for myself. I'm here to usher you to the feet of Jesus. I ain't got nothing for you. I'm sorry. I can't save you. I can't put you in heaven. I can't put you in hell. But if you get to Jesus' feet, Jesus can turn some situations around from you. His word will change your life. His word will change you from the inside all the way out to the outside. He'll change your hair. He'll, he'll change your shoes. He'll change your pants. He'll change your skirt. Whatever needs to be changed, he can change it. Get to Jesus' feet. The Bible says she got to his feet and she heard his word. <laughs> she heard his word. Listen, we only have, we have two ears and one mouth. Stop talking and start listening to the word of God. See, we have a lot of opinions about stuff, but we don't need those opinions about stuff. We need to hear the word. Tell somebody, get in the word. <laughs> Tell somebody else, get in the word. Listen to Jesus' word. Listen to what he says. And see, she was listening to his heart. She was listening to him talk about the Father. She was listening to him talk about the love that he had for them. She was listening to him talk about the service that they needed to provide one for another. She was listening to talk about the suffering he was going to go through, but see the trust that he had in the Father. She was listening to him talk about the joy that was set before him. She was listening at the feet of Jesus to his word. It's the word that will transform us. It's the word that will change us. Listen to the word. Too many opinions we listen to. Everybody's got an opinion. And when you're listening to everybody's opinion, all it does is confuse you. <laughs> and that you don't even know what to do anymore, and you're like a deer in headlights, you're confused, and oftentimes we just give up. We just say, well, I'm giving up. And so we become indifferent instead of loving. Stop listening to a whole bunch of opinions and listen to Jesus' word. And that's what Mary did. She sat at his feet, and she worshiped Jesus, and she listened to what he had to say. We got to understand that we get close to Jesus that love is developed in the posture of humility. We, we build love when we get into the posture of humility and listen to Jesus. Jesus says in John chapter 15, 13 through 15, he says, Greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm moving you even from a realm of calling you servant, even though we're still servants. He said, I'm calling you friends. And so we, he said, I'm not, you're not here just to serve me, but you're a friend of mine. You're a friend and you're a partner in this ministry that I have. He said, because what I'm hearing from the Father, I'm sharing with you. And when we get at the feet of Jesus, Jesus will begin to share some intimate things with us. And it's intimacy. It's sharing of information, sharing of personal stuff that builds up intimacy. And when we're able to build intimacy, 
intimacy with God, we get to know him better. We get to know his heart better. We get to understand his spirit of how he is. And we're not just servants of his, but we're actually friends of God. And we get to build up that intimacy. And I'm encouraging us today that to hear God so that we can build up intimacy and know God a whole lot better. And that's what Mary was beginning to do, building up that intimacy with Jesus so that she would know his heart and know how to function in this world. Because we can't act like Jesus. Listen, we cannot act like Jesus if we never spend any time with Jesus. <laughs> we can't act in the heart of Jesus if we never spend any time with Jesus. You can fake behavior, but you can't fake character. Hear, hear what I'm saying? See, you can fake behavior, but you cannot fake character. And this is what the church has to really understand and why I'm talking about a new generation and experiencing the kingdom of God. So many of us know church. <laughs> And listen, I'm not a pastor that's trying to take people through church. If, if that's you, this is not the church. This is not the place for you. We need a kingdom experience. We don't need a whole bunch of church experience. Many of us have grown up in the church. We know church. We know how to sing the right thing. We know how to play the right notes. We know how to dip out with one finger and when we're trying to get out of the church. We know how to say hallelujah. Hey, shabababakasa. We know how to do all of that. We can say that, do that. We know church. We can imitate the behavior. But the true experience and the character of who God is cannot be imitated. You can't mimic that unless you spend time with Jesus. If you ain't been with Jesus, you don't know what it is to be spiritual. If you haven't spent time with Jesus, you don't know what deep love is really about. If you don't know, spend time, any time with Jesus, you don't know what joy is truly about. You cannot fake it. And we gotta have a church, we gotta have a generation of people that's not faking this thing. We're not faking church, we're not just trying to play church because we know how to get money out of folk, we're not just trying to play church because we want people to shout when the music comes on, on the right way and people dancing. No, time out for all of that nonsense. That ain't going to help nobody. We need a real church experience with people who've actually spent time with Jesus and are being transformed by being at his feet. And there's intimacy, there's, there's revelation coming forth. There's knowledge coming forth. And people's understanding being enlightened because they've been at Jesus' feet. Young people, I got news for you. God is coming for you right where you are. He's going to transform you, bring you out of hopelessness, bring you out of despair because there's people of God who are experiencing the kingdom of God. There's discipleship in what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. <laughs> I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't do church anymore. <laughs> It's not loving me the right way. <laughs> I, I, I just can't go through the motions of knowing what time something's going to happen and, and when this going to happen and exactly what mother so-and-so is going to do and exactly what deacon so-and-so is going to do and know exactly what they're going to say before they even say it because they ain't spent any time with God to even know what they're about to say. So they're saying the same old thing they've been saying over and over again, not because truth doesn't need to be repeated, but we got to understand what truth in the moment and, and, and spiritual. When you get a revelation from God, it's a right now word. It's a word that's going to meet me where I am right now because you've heard it from the Father. Not something you pulled off YouTube from somebody else. <laughs> we got to serve in the love. We got to posture ourselves. This is what Mary did. She sat at Jesus' feet. <laughs> but then here's her sister Martha. Come on, that's my girl Martha. See, this is Martha's house. See, 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 Martha had a different, this is my house. <laughs> see, Mary and Lazarus, you live here, but this is my house, and Jesus is coming to my house. We paid for this. 
<laughs> you see what I'm saying? My, my husband, he's deceased, but, but we paid for this. So when Jesus comes to my house, I want his experience in my house to be what it should be. Martha loved Jesus, but Martha was doing the most. <laughs> you, you got anybody in your life that, that does the most? <laughs> you know, they love you and they mean well. Come on in here, somebody. But they just do the most. They just always doing the most. Martha had chicken. Martha had crab cakes. Martha had lamb chops. Martha had beef brisket. Martha had salmon. Martha had baked potatoes. Martha had sweet potato mash. Martha potato had macaroni and cheese. Martha's mother had rice. Martha had stuffing. She had kale. She had green beans. She had salad with 10 salad dressings. Martha was doing the absolute most. And she comes to Jesus and, and, and says, Jesus, do you not care that, that my, my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her. <laughs> Tell her to come and help me. <laughs> the rice is almost done. It's about to burn. I can't overcook the fish. Would you tell her? With her lazy self, I'm the big one. I'm always doing it. It's my house to tell her to come and help me. <laughs> see, see, when you do the most, you often feel alone because you're doing the most. And that's how she felt. But we got to understand that we're going to serve people. We've got to serve people out of the fullness of God, not out of the bitterness of self. And what had happened to Martha is she got, started to get bitter even in this experience because she loved Jesus. Remember, she loved Jesus. All she wanted was Jesus to have this greatest experience that was he was coming to her house, but she was doing the most. And because she was the most, she was felt by herself. She felt alone, and she was upset about that and started to get bitter. And we've got to watch it. Many of us have been doing that. We've been thinking, i got to do this in my family all by myself, and I, I, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that has the devotion time. I'm the only one that calls the family together. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's doing this. I'm the only one driving us to church. I'm the only, I'm the, I, 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 I'm the only one. And so instead of serving it, 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 out of the love that we really have, it's, it's and in the fullness of who God is and what he's placed within us, where we get bitter. <laughs> I'm the only usher on time. <laughs> I mean, how many times you got to tell these same people? I'm the only one. <laughs> Jesus, tell her to help me. <laughs> Jesus said, Martha, Martha. <laughs> when he calls your name twice, you know he's speaking something to you. Simon, Simon, Martha, Martha. He says, you're troubled, you're anxious about many things. But only this one is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part. See, 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 see what? He understood, Martha, listen, chicken, rice, and green beans is plenty. 
That's all we needed. See, because Martha didn't understand why Jesus was there in the first place. Here's where we bring land in this plane. She thought it was all about all of this, and it wasn't about that at all. She thought it was about serving, feed, and washing feet, and cooking this big old meal. And Jesus was like, no, Martha, I'm only going to be here but for a short amount of time. What I need right now is people to sit at my feet and let me love on you and, and let me pour into you and let me heal your wounds and let me show you what your future is and, and let me show you your destiny and talk to you about your father who one day you're going to connect with and have that right relationship with him and what this joy is all about. And, and even though you may suffer through some things and how you can move through it and, and if you just listen to my words and, and just trust what I'm saying and, and how the Spirit's going to come and he's going to enable you to do all things and teach you about all things. I'm, if you would just sit at my feet but you're worried about chicken and macaroni and cheese and it's not about all of that. <laughs> just like a young Married Pastor Cyrus. I'm thinking it's about jewelry. <laughs> I'm thinking it's about gift certificates to all these wonderful places. And I, I, I missed what the true need really was. <laughs> but I got good news for you. See, she said, tell her to help me. Jesus said, you're worried about many things. And she's chosen the need, the good part. And I will not take that from her. In other words... <laughs> Sometimes in our life, we got to understand that God's not going to change certain things. The, the message to us, if he's not going to change it, then we need to change. <laughs> and this is where we got to say, many of us, we love, we have the love. The love is on the inside, but our love has been misapplied. Our, our love has been going in the wrong direction. We, we've been pouring ourselves into loving people the wrong way. But I declare in Jesus' name that there's a word coming for you today, that the love you have, God wants to build that love up on the inside of you. He wants to continue to strengthen it. Just get at his feet. Remember that you've been sent by God. And if God sends you, he's going to equip you to accomplish what he set forth for you to do. And he's building you up in his love. He wants you to experience his love. Don't serve people without first experiencing the love of the one who sent you. Spend time at his feet. Get built up. Get, get filled up with the goodness of God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusted him. Get yourself filled up so that when you go to serve, uh, you can serve what the real needs are of people. And I decree and declare in Jesus' name that God is opening up our eyes to take this love so that we can apply it to the real needs that exist. In this COVID-19 season, there are some needs and God is beginning to expose what some of those needs are. He's exposing some needs in your family. You may have thought it was one thing, but God's showing you it's a whole nother thing. There's some things with your husband that you thought was a need, but that's not the real need. God and his love is opening up your eyes to see what the real need so that you can love him the right way. There's some things with your children that you thought were the issue and you've been pouring yourself into all of this stuff and ain't none of it working and you're frustrated but God is going to deliver you from your frustration. Oh glory to God right here today because he's going to show you what the real need is so that you can love them the right way. 
as a church, we love people, but sometimes we love people the wrong way. And we can't have a generation walking into the church, joining the church virtually, beginning to experience. And I look for the day when they walk through these doors. But when they come through these doors, we can't love them the wrong way. We've got to love them the right way. We got to be at the feet of Jesus, hearing what the true needs are. We don't got to worry about fine jewelry or worry about doing this or that. We got to focus on what God says for us to say. And so when we see what the real needs are, we can get down on our knees and begin to wipe the feet where the real needs are. We can get down on our knees and begin to wipe where the real needs are. We can serve them in what they really need. We can give them the love that they really need. We can speak life into them like they really need. We can give them the experience, not just church experience, but kingdom experience, but transformation experience, but renewed life experience, but dead man walking experience, but walking with Jesus experience. But I once was blind, but now I see experience. Come on and hear somebody. My arm was hurting, but now I'm healed experience. I didn't know my father, but now I know the father who gives all life to all people, that kind of experience. But we gotta love people the right way. We've gotta love the right way. We've gotta love the right way. In order for us to serve properly, we've gotta love people the right way. And so I wanna pray for us right now, right where we are. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you for your love. I bless you for your service. And I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare the healing over me, God, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for that, God. Now, I want to love the right way, Father. So teach us to love the right way. Teach me to love the right way. Show me, God, where I need to apply myself. Show me how I need to expend my time, my energy, got my money the right way so that those who you've sent me to, God, I've been sent to people. Those that you sent me to, I can love them the right way. And my service, oh God, my service, oh God, my service, oh God, will shout Jesus. My service, oh God, will shout Jesus. Us. My service, oh God, will point them to the Father. My service, oh God, it's not about me, but my service will be the right service, done the right way, in the right spirit, so that people would see Jesus. And I bless you, God, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God praise. Give him honor for loving the right way. Even now, start to imagine your service going to another level. Your service taking you to greatness. Your marriage going to another level. Your children going to another level. Your ministry going to another level because you serve people the right way. Glory to God. 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 <laughs> hey. I see eyes being opened right now in the name of Jesus. I see scales coming off of people's eyes and, and people's hearts. This is, this is a revelation for you, just hearing the word of God. And yes, I have a love, but I've been applying the love in the wrong direction. But God is hoping me to do it the right way. And oh, Glory to God, things are shifting. Things are changing. This will transform your life.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, we receive it now. Oh, we receive it now in Jesus' name. I'm never going to be the same. <laughs> I declare that out of my, I am never going to be the same. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I want to close with what I close that's most important. If you do not know this Jesus that I'm talking about, the God-man, God who came in the flesh and died on the cross for your sin, it just takes acknowledging that, hey, I'm a sinner. I have not accepted Jesus into my life, but I want to do that now. I realize that he came. He took my place. He shed his blood and rose again that I might have life. If that's you, I want you to give your life to the Lord today. Without loving Jesus, without accepting him, there really is no life. But there's eternal life in him if you receive him. If that's you today, just say this prayer with me. Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. But today I realize more importantly that you died for my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be Lord of my life. God, I love you. I want to love you more and know you more. And I want to follow you. So help me to do that, Father. But I want to give my life to you. And I receive forgiveness and I receive salvation this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you've given your life to the Lord, reach out to us. The information will be on the screen. We want to know that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. If you know somebody that's already a believer, just let them know, hey, I gave my life to the Lord today. Will you help me? Will you encourage me? Will you serve me as I move forward in this relationship with Jesus? We bless you. We look forward to meeting you one day in person. But until then, we continue to pray for you and bless you. But let us know. Let us know. Please let us know how we can help you and that you gave your life to the Lord. If there's somebody that wants to join a church, you can do that as well. You know we're virtually. You can say, hey, this, this is where God is leading me. This is where God is leading me. I want to join. We will reach back out to you, let you know. Just reach out to us, say, hey, this is who I am. We will contact you, let you know uh, how to move forward in this thing uh, and joining this local fellowship. We love you. We love you. We love you. If there are needs, we know people are going through, body of Christ, if there are needs, let us know. We'll do our best. We're praying for you. We got things working to help as many people as we can. But if there are needs that we can help as a body, at least let us know so that we can do our very best to help you and to serve you. We don't want to see anybody struggling beyond uh, what, what may be necessary, what, what may happen in this season. We want to help. Let us know. That final thing we got to do today is something we take great joy in doing, which is our giving unto the Lord. Money, money does not own us. We know we need it. We operate in it on this earth realm, but it doesn't own us. It does not own us. When we give to the Lord with joyful hearts, we give to the Lord in obedience, our tithe, our 10%, our offerings, so that his kingdom work can go forward. And I thank you in advance, those who have been giving faithfully, uh, tithing, offering, sending them in, doing electronic. We thank you. We thank you. And we trust you. Those who maybe haven't, I challenge you that if God lays it on your heart, say, hey, trust me in this thing. Trust me in this thing and watch what God does. And we, we declare that he's going to protect you and keep you and provide for you in this season. Let's give unto the Lord. With our offering, let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for that which you've given us. God, you are our source. Our job is our resource. 
It just takes it and gives it to us. But we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to sow into your kingdom, to watch people get saved, delivered, and set free, and the mission of the church to go forward. And so we thank you that all bills are paid, all lights paid, gas bill paid, everything that we need gets paid in Jesus' name. And your gospel is still declared. And I pray for my brothers and sisters now, meet every need in every household, God, according to your will, according to your power. And I thank you and I bless you, God. And we count this seed blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll be on Wednesday night with our Wednesday plug-in. Things are moving forward. Stay connected. Stay encouraged. Be blessed. Remember, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. I love you, body of Christ. God bless you. <laughs>